Father, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to share what you've put on my heart, and I just pray that the words that I share that are of you, Father, that you would bless them and they'd be planted in the soil of our hearts and produce good fruit in our lives, and the words that I speak that are of me would fall on the floor and be forgotten so that all we remember is a good message. In Jesus' name, amen. Is this a good volume? I was say it feels a little boomy. Is that better? It okay? <laughs> Just let me know if you're getting drowsy. I'll start shouting. Oh, man. Um, so this would be What's Love Got to Do With It? Part 3. Um, technically Part 4 because Alyssa added to it last week. Um, I just want to remind you guys, the Lord is just putting me on love and he won't let me turn the page yet. And so we're just continuing that series. When we first went through this, we talked about what's love got to do with it. And the answer was everything. It's everything because God is love. And so we as Christians emulate our Savior, who was the perfect representation of God, so that we are supposed to be emulating God. And that we can choose to live under love or we can choose to live under the law. And that love is the higher standard, but it's also the only standard that we're empowered to actually fulfill. So you can choose the law and it might feel easy, but you will always be judged as guilty under the law no matter what you do. But if you choose love, yes, it's a higher standard, but the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers you to actually live out love, to actually be love in your life. We learned that there's various types of love and what love looks like. And we learned that agape love doesn't just mean unconditional, it also means intentional love. And so that when we're supposed to love people with agape love, we are loving them intentionally and we're loving them intentionally unconditionally. And that the good news is that we're not supposed to have the relational love with everybody. But we are supposed to have the agape love. And we learn that love is, it looks like something. Because love chooses good. And love is a choice, it's not just emotion. Alyssa spoke on love being forgiveness. And how to let people go and to forgive yourself, to forgive others, and to receive forgiveness from God. And so today I want to talk about love as the command. I want to talk about the most obvious verse that I've mentioned a couple times, but we're going to look at Mark 12, verse 30 and 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Elsewhere in the Bible, and I think it's actually further in Mark, but it might have been Matthew, I can't remember exactly. He goes on to say that all the laws, all the prophets, everything God says hangs upon these two and kind of three commandments. So if somebody said, what must I do to be saved? I would answer them, 
You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and acknowledge that you need one, and he will come in and he will restore you and save you. And if they follow up with, how do I live a Christian life, I would direct them to this more than anything else. I wouldn't do the Ten Commandments. I wouldn't do the Beatitudes. I wouldn't do any of the prescriptive language in the Bible. I would go here first because everything else hinges on these. That if you're accomplishing these commandments, you are fulfilling the rest of the law. Amen? So let's break it down. What does it mean to love God with my heart and my soul, my mind and my strength? There's a whole bunch of interpretations. There's a whole bunch of definitions because when you look at the original language, heart, soul, and mind are all intermingled. Like if you go and you say, what is, what is heart? Well, the Greek there is cardia, where we get the word heart, as in cardiac arrest. And that means the center of your life, where your mind, emotion, and will are. If you go to this, the word soul here, it's psyche, which is interesting because we, in our modern understanding of psyche, would think more about our mind, not our soul. But it means the breath, it means breath, straight up, just means breath, psyche. But in this context, in the, in the ancient context, it meant the animating part of you, the thing that brings you life, and it was the center of your vitality, your will, your desire, and your affections. And then you go mind, which is dionia. And that had to do with your faculty, your ability to think, and your will, and your mind, <laughs> and your emotions. These are all the same words. So then why does Paul say them back to back to back? Does it, is he just emphasizing his point three times? I think that's a valid definition. He's emphasizing his point three times. But I think if we dive deeper, there's, there's some more meanings we can pull out of this. You see, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That word literally means the center of you, the core of you, the center of your circulation. So immediately Paul throws it all out there, chips on the table. He says, love the Lord your God with everything. You see, it's not a secondary thing. The love, loving God is not something I can tack on to my life. It's not an add-on. It's a transformation. It is the thing. I can't live my life and go, I'm going to decide to love the Lord now. And just as a nice layer, it's the frosting on the cake. That's not what the love of God is. That's not my devotion to God is not frosting on the cake. My devotion to God is the cake. It is the core. It is essential. So he immediately starts and says, love God with everything you are. Start there. Us loving God should be our central focus. It should be the lens that we see through that colors and flavors our attitude. 
This becomes important later on in verse 31, and we'll get there. Love God with all your soul. Soul, literally breath. The breath of God, that vitality in you. It's interesting because in the soul is housed the will. The soul is that eternal part of us. Our body will fade, our heart will stop, our mind will stop sparking, but our soul lives on. So when we say, love God with all your soul, it's saying love God with the part of you that is eternal, that because of the empowering of the Holy Spirit dictates your life. You see, we need to live submitted to our righteous man. We need to live submitted to that part of us that is eternal and connected to God. And when we live submitted there, when I practice my will in that area, that is what allows me to make those decisions. You see, when I say choose love, that's not a mental calculation. And we already know it's not an emotional calculation. When I say choose love, I'm saying purpose in your heart, purpose in your will, purpose in your spirit that you will choose love. And when you do that, it trickles down because your body, your heart, and your mind take their cues from your soul. Jesus says in the Gospels, take control of your life. <laughs> and that word life is psyche. It's soul. There's the partnering that we do because it's not just God, take me over. Because God doesn't want zombies. He doesn't want zombies. If he wanted zombies, he would have created zombies. He created people that had the same ability to a much lesser degree than he did to function, to think, and to self-govern. And he gave them an animating spirit to allow them to do that. That was what differentiates us from animals. The breath of God. It said when it, he breathed on us, and that was our life, and that was our ability to discern him and to discern what was right and wrong, what was good and holy, you see, that's, we, we thought, that's not a brain thing. That's a spirit thing. So I love God with everything I am, and I love God with my will and my purpose. I purpose to love him. And it makes sense that we start with those two things because right after that we say, and then love him with your mind. This one is simple and obvious, your mind. I think most Christians sometimes we leave our mind at the door because the world stresses so much intelligence and knowledge and logic and so sometimes we kind of go oh i need to leave my brain behind and i'm a big proponent of being a critical christian and when i say critical christian i mean critical as in important and i mean critical as in critical thinking that we don't just leave our our mind at the door that we engage god with our all of our faculties our mind. He loves our mind. He created it. Do you understand? 
what always confuses me about people that just say we're just higher form of animal. We're just mammals and we just happened to grow thumbs first and that led us to dominate this world, but we're just animals. No, we aren't just animals. You see, God created us in his image. That means that we have the mind of Christ in a fallen state. But that's why we can create things and we can build things and we can discover things and we can problem solve. That's that amazing organ he gave us called the brain. It regulates our bodies without thinking. It allows us to look at puzzles and come up with solutions. And Christians, we need to embrace our mind. We need to submit our mind to the spirit. But we need to embrace it. I love, I love, I just had a conversation with my brothers on Labor Day. And what was it, hour long, hour, half long conversation? I'm sure everyone was getting like, what are they talking about? Because we're yelling. In a good way, we just get, we all three get animated and start talking over each other. And, and we were talking about the Bible and we were talking about theology and we were talking about these, these thoughts and these Christian perspectives. And, and I just, I love that kind of conversation. And there's not a lot of people I can have that kind of conversation with because a lot of people get offended and they get upset and they get uptight or they get worried or they, you know, don't give me any new information because it might shake me from my position of faith. That's somebody that's saying, I'm giving up my brain. I'm not trusting God to protect me. It's somebody saying, my faith is so weak, I don't want to hear anything else. I don't want to think about something else. I don't think that's loving God with our full mind. With our full ability to process and to think. But if we actually go to the Lord and say, you know, don't get me wrong, it's called faith. It's called faith. We're not supposed to have a logical answer or reason for anything because it's faith. But it doesn't mean we don't think about it. So when it says, love the Lord with all your mind, it literally is your ability to think. All of it. All of it. Because he wants critical Christians. He wants Christians that think. He wants Christians that love, and he wants Christians who do. Which brings us to love with all your strength. That ability, that word there just means ability. Just means ability. With all your ability, love God. Which I love that because there's, there's grace there. How many of you guys have ever looked at somebody and said, I wish I could do that, and you feel bad? Like, oh, they're a better Christian than you are because they're doing these things that you can't do or don't know how to do. Okay, I'll be honest. I do that all the time. Man, I wish I could speak like that person. Man, I wish I could play like that person. Man, I wish I could sing like that person. I do that all the time. And the Lord comes to you and says, I didn't ask you to do that. Or if I did ask you to do that, I'll give you the ability and just have patience. He goes, love me with all your ability right now. Right now. Don't spend time focusing on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. 
and I'll let you know. Because if I tell you you can do it, you can do it. If I tell you you can do it, I've empowered you. One of my favorite verses, new verses, I've read it before, but just in this study of love, this comes as this is this is one of the verses i just love it it's like obey the lord's commands his commands are not burdensome and i've just i felt every time i think of that verse i just feel grace flowing into me because if the lord is telling me to do it then i have the ability to do it he's not burdening me so i would challenge you if you're thinking the lord has told you to do something and you feel a burden and i mean that in the in the um negative sense if you feel burdened if you feel dragged down by it i encourage you to take that before the lord because something's something's broke something's off and it might be you're misunderstanding him well it's not might be you're misunderstanding him because it's not burdensome the commands he gives us so it's you know just a little thing Love God with everything. But I love this because he breaks it down. There's no, there's no loophole. And so I'm looking at this going, okay, Lord, how have I not loved you with all of me? How have I, how have I made loving you an add-on to my life? How have I, how have I, uh, how have I not submitted my will to that choice? How have I allowed my will to go someplace else? How, how have I uh, stopped loving you with my mind? How have I dishonored you in my thinking? How have I withheld from you? And Father, in what ways am I not loving you to the fullness of my ability? In what ways have I not, you know, and I, this week, you know what I was this week? There's one word to subscribe me, to subscribe me, subscribe me, subscribe, that's weird. There's one way to describe me this week. Alyssa might have another word, but the one I have is tired. I was tired all week. I'm tired right now. Tired. And I just, you know, I sat there last night, and I was thinking about church, and I'm just like, Ugh, I'm tired. Not that I didn't, don't love church, not that I don't love you guys, but I'm just tired. If, like, something ha if the church burned down, that's terrible, but... And somebody was like, we can't have church this Sunday. I would have been like, oh, no. Because <sighs> I'm tired. And I had to go to the Lord and go, Father, I want to love you with the fullness of my ability, with everything I have right now. It's like Lori said, when I don't feel it, when it's just not there, I'm still choosing. So I had to actually love the Lord with all of this in this situation because i had a it wasn't hard it wasn't a hard week really it was a tired week so i actually had to purpose that i was going to put my attention on him he was going to be the center and the focus of what i'm doing i had to love him with my heart i had to purpose in my will and make decisions i command my soul to praise the lord so I had to purpose and I had to exercise my soul. So I loved him with my soul. I had to love him with my mind. You know, when you talk with God, come let us reason together. 
So I had to sit there and be honest with God and then look and explore why am I tired? What ways can I do better? And I received his return. You know, it's really simple solution, by the way, about being tired. Really simple solution. This might blow your mind. You know what the Lord told me? Go to bed earlier. Yeah, real simple. And I had to love him with all my strength. Even if I feel like I'm at 70% of my capacity, guess what? 70% of my capacity should be directed towards loving the Lord. 70% of my capacity should be directed towards greeting you guys with a smile, towards getting my kids ready. Didn't do that well this morning, did I? I was tired and cranky and grumpy. 70% playing my instrument as well as I could muster. <laughs> verse 2. In this second verse, I should say, verse 31. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. <laughs> I'm sure all of you guys have heard. Have you guys all heard about um, the FedEx logo? This is one of the, the, if I had an illustration. You know there's, a, there's an arrow in the FedEx logo? How many of you guys know that? So some of you guys didn't. Next time you see the FedEx logo, look at the X. There's an arrow. Once you see it, you see it every time. And it's, was, it was there from the beginning. It was an accident. It was intentional. It was hidden in the logo. And it took me forever. It took me forever. And then I saw it when I think I saw something about it. And the next time I saw FedEx, I saw the arrow. There's a hidden commandment. And I think most of us know this. We've heard this before. There's a hidden commandment in the two commandments that are the most important commandments. The hidden commandment is love yourself. The hidden commandment is love yourself. You see, we know love God and love neighbors as yourself. So if you don't love yourself, then you're going to fulfill that second commandment really poorly. You actually have to love yourself to love neighbors well. Because I can, I can love neighbors because I, I don't need to talk to them, right? I can, I don't need to know my next door neighbor's names. I don't need to know the people kitty corner from us. I don't need to know anybody across the street from me. But that's a reflection about how I love myself. And I have some bad news for you guys. This word neighbor, <laughs> it means everyone. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> go to the language. It doesn't mean the person that's next door to you or across the street from you or two doors down. It means everyone. So your neighbor is everybody. I love God even goes double. It goes, love your neighbors and love your enemies. So even he's even more specific. He goes, it's everybody, but just in case you want to weasel out, it's also enemies. So it's everybody that doesn't like you too. But to love your neighbors, you have to love yourself. And that's where the problem is. I see it. We don't love ourselves. I know we don't love ourselves because I've been a very confident child most of my life. Isn't that right, Mom? Mm-hmm. 
Some of you guys knew confident is code for arrogant <laughs> or prideful or cocky. And so I would run into these walls growing up as a Christian that told me, stop thinking so highly of yourself. That told me, you aren't any different from anyone else. That told me, you're just a dirty sinner. Be thankful Jesus saved you. And I bought these hook, line, and sinker for a long time. And then I started talking to God about it. And he said, I didn't, I didn't say any of those things like that. And I went, what? He goes, I didn't say any of those things like that. Yes, you were a sinner. But that's why I gave you Jesus. Yes, you shouldn't think too highly of yourself because the higher you think of yourself, the higher you have to treat everyone else. It wasn't don't think too highly of yourself because you're not, you shouldn't think highly of yourself. That's actually a warning. Be careful. If you think this high of yourself, you need to treat everybody else this high because you treat everybody better than you. And the very least, the minimum is you treat them as highly as you think of yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And there's, there's negative pride. There's, I mean, there's, it's a sin. You can be too prideful, you can be too arrogant, and you need to be careful because God has mechanisms in life to deal with that, and they aren't fun. But so many Christians I know walk around, oh, thank you, Jesus, because I'm just a sinner. And I remember the first time I, I heard this, I was reading Romans in one go-through. Do that. It's amazing. Ignore the chapters. Just read it in one go. And I just heard this drop in my spirit. And I'm not saying I coined this in any way, shape, or form. But I heard it from the Lord first before I heard anyone else say it. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner. Then I got saved. Now I'm a saint. But so much of us, we heard that story of I'm a sinner saved by grace. And so I go, I'm a sinner. And you're not a sinner, you're a saint. The first part of loving yourself is acknowledging who you are. And the way you acknowledge who you are, and, oh, well, Miko, I don't want to be prideful, I don't want to get arrogant. Great, read what the Lord says about you. You can't get arrogant when you read what the Lord says about you. The Lord calls you a saint. He calls you a son and daughter. He says you're worth it. He sent his son to die for you, his firstborn to die for you, so that you could be part of the family. He wanted you. I know a couple adopted people, and I know that can sometimes be a struggle when you're adopted to feel like you weren't wanted. Somebody gave you up. And I know, some, I know somebody who was adopted that that is a lifelong struggle. That is something that they personified. They took it and they said, this is the truth in my life. But the truth in their life is, yes, somebody gave you up and we don't know the circumstances. Sometimes it was necessary, sometimes whatever. But the truth is, somebody wanted you. You were adopted. Somebody chose to love you. 
You see, that's what the Lord did. The Lord said, I want you, and I'm going to pay any price to get you. And he paid a very high price. You know, this is stuff we should know, right? How do you determine the value of something? By how much someone's willing to spend to get it. And the Lord said, I'm going to send my only begotten son, meaning the only son that came from me. I'm going to send him to get you. We were bought with a high price, which makes us valuable. It's so weird. We sometimes go, I'm dirt, I'm trash, I'm an unclean vessel that was paid for with a high price because God is some weirdo. You know, have you ever seen something on the shelf? You know, my wife is a thrifter. When we get older, we're going to call her an antiquer, I can just tell. And uh, so we go to all these, you know, secondhand stores and flea market stuff. And I, I'm not a big fan, but but I can still go there and look at things and go, wow, somebody threw that out or somebody let that go. That's, you know, really good. Or I can see something going, you know, my wife, we just went to the restore and she's, she saw a couple pieces. She goes, man, if you could just like sand that down or if you could just read, you know, like, you, if you, we got this, we could do this and this to that and it would look so great. And, you know, God does that. Or he looks at you and he goes, oh, man, if I could just, if I just get Jesus on that and just give us some time, some massaging, man, that's going to be something really great. And he does that. And he sends us Jesus. We have to understand how God feels about us. How do we understand how God feels about us? I just turn my attention to God. And I say, I love you. I guarantee you, if you go to God, I love you, you're always going to hear, I love you too. We train our children early on because we love them so much and we're so vocal about how much we love our children. They're trained. And it's so cute hearing Moses. Moses, what? I love you. I love you too. And now he just does it without even saying I love you. Moses, I love you too. (laughs) When we turn to God and we say, God, I love you. He turns to us and he says, I love you too. And now we need to start learning something. My wife taught me this one. God, I love you. I love you too, son. Why? Have you ever asked God why? I challenge you. I challenge you. And if you have a problem with that, if there's some part of you going, that's a sign something's broke. Your receiver's broke because you don't know if you can receive love, or you're worried that he's going to say, well, I just say it back out of habit. I actually don't know. But I guarantee you that if you spend time with God and you you say, I love you, he says, I love you too, you can go, why? And he's going to list all the things he loves about you. He's going to show you all the reasons he's proud of you. I guarantee it. And if you do that and it isn't working, you need to go to somebody and say, pray for me, because something's broke with my receiver. I really do feel more and more people are learning to receive God's love. Or no, I shouldn't, I said that wrong. More and more people are learning to give God love. In fact, I think that's the first thing we're, we, you know, that's the thing we're, we're pushed towards when we're walking out and we're learning how to be Christians. It's worship God, love God, pray to God, you know, God, 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 and it's wonderful. 
and we get really good. I think most Christians are actually pretty decent at loving God. Most of us have some framework that goes, he's amazing and wonderful, and he's worthy of our love and all that stuff. What we struggle with is the receiving part. Where it breaks down a lot is the receiving. I know God loves me, and there's places and there's things that I, there's image, an image of I, ha- I have of myself where there's parts of me that I'm like, I don't, I don't know if God can love that part of me because I don't love that part of me. You know? And, I, and, and the inner healing, the healing that we go through is actually getting to a point where we, just like Alyssa talked about, with forgiving others and then forgiving ourselves so that we can receive forgiveness. It's the same thing. I learn to love myself as I learn to receive God's love for me in those areas. And it's amazing when you, when you love yourself more, you reflect that to people. And you actually become better at loving people. As, as has been said, um, we lost um, we lost a wonderful woman named Deanne Wallstrom, and we had her memorial yesterday. She was a founding elder of this church. I've known her for a long time my perspective. I, it kind of blew my mind. I was telling Lisa, it's like, I've known Deanne 20-something years. And then it blew my mind that people were here that knew Deanne twice that. <laughs> Just because, you know, you focus on yourself. But Deanne was, was awesome. She was wonderful. She was fun. Um, we shared the same birthday. That's the first thing I knew about her. I, she actually, I don't even remember, because I was... I'm around the same age as her son. And so just some, because she went to New Song, somewhere, somehow it, it got stated my birthday, and she was like, that's my birthday. And that's literally how I met Deanne. That's, we have the same birthday. And I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> and who are you? <laughs> and uh, I, I, I shared this with, uh, with my mother-in-law talking about Deanna, I said, I must have looked real pitiful when I was a kid because I just had this, I had so many women that wanted to be my mother. They wanted to be my mom. I, so many women at New Song was like, I just, I really, I just feel for you. I just feel like I, I, I heard that line. I just feel like I, I'm called to be a mom to you. I, I heard that line so many times at New Song when I was a kid. I was like, I must have looked so pitiful. One problem, I have a mom. <laughs> I needed a father. I don't know why I got the women. And I, I got a complex about it. I got offended about it. I'm like, I got mom. I have a mom. I'm like, no, thank you. I have a mom. You don't, I'm not, you're not my, you're not my mom. I'm not your son. I have a mom. Deanne was the first woman other than my mother-in-law that I allowed to think of herself as my second mother. The thing that blew me away about Deanne was she was imperfect, and she knew she was imperfect, but she still strove to be loving and to be sweet and to be kind and to be wonderful. and and. 
you know, so many amazing things were said about her and so many things were repeated. She was an amazing worshiper. She had amazing worshiper. She had a wonderful voice. No one mentioned her voice, which I thought was interesting. She had a, a wonderful voice. She would lead worship. She'd be part of her worship team. She was an abandoned worshiper. She was so sweet. She always had a smile. And the time she didn't, she was striving to get her smile back. And Charlie commented that she truly left a legacy of love. And her, her brother had a Bible of hers that filled with notes. And the notes he read were all prayers. She'd read something in the scripture and say, Lord, I want to be like that. Lord, make me like that. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, that's what it's about. That's someone who always tried to keep her receiver open, that was always aware when she couldn't receive the love of God and she would pursue it and she'd pursue healing until she could receive love for that area. And you could tell, you could tell. Somebody that strove to love God with all her heart, all her soul, all her mind and all her strength and truly reflected that, truly reflected that. There were people there that had met her once or twice, but they attended the funeral because she touched their lives. And I was like, that's the example. That's what it's supposed to look like. It doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to, I need all these resources. I need these big things. It literally is just receiving the love of God because you're devoted to him. And that love just flows out of us. That's what it's about. What's love got to do with it? It's everything. It is the lifeblood of our walk. It is the reason we're here. It is our testimony that we love and we love well. Amen? So, Father, I just pray right now that you would begin to just Shower us with your love. Father, that you would just begin to tell us why you love us. <laughs> I just hear the Lord telling each and every one of you, you know, you're kind of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. Lord, why do you love me? You're kind of a big deal. And if there's something catching in you, or if there's some part of you that you go, well, he couldn't possibly love this part of me. Challenge God. Be open and bring it before him and say, you couldn't possibly love this part and see what he says. Because I guarantee you, he's going to say, I do love that part, and here's why. I do love that thing, and here's why. I, I guarantee you, you might be thinking of a sin you're doing. Oh, he couldn't possibly love this. I guarantee he's going to tell you why he loves something that is causing you to go that direction. Because he's a redeemer. He doesn't see anything irredeemable. You can give him the ugliest thing in your life, and he's going to go, here's why I love this, because I know if that I just do this, 
it's going to go that direction. It's going to be this amazing thing in your life. This last song we did, um, and Gary, I mean, he didn't know I was doing this message, but I can be real with you. Say anything and not be afraid. You made me and you like what you made. You made me and you don't make mistakes. I can be real with you. You take me just as I am. You choose me all over again. I am the one you love. I am the one you love. I don't have anything to prove. There's room at your table for me. I am the one you love. I am the one you love. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's why you're a big deal. That's why you're valuable. It starts with us turning our attention to him and pouring our devotion to him. He will always respond with his love. And knowing more and more his love opens us up to knowing more and more who we are, being more and more comfortable with who we are, who he made us to be, allows us to more and more love our neighbors as ourselves. So think highly of yourself because that's the standard that you show love to this world. Father, I thank you so much for everything that you're doing right now. I thank you so much for every work you started in our hearts. I thank you so much that you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never leave us where we are, that you're always there. And love, Lord, I love, I love, I love you. And I love that you're always there going that you love us. And I just pray right now that you begin revealing any place in us that we think is too dirty, too dark, too twisted, too broken, to be loved. Father, I pray that you would show us how we can bring that into the light of your face. Bring it into the open and hear what you have to say about it. Father, we declare this a condemnation-free zone because your spirit is here, because Jesus is here, and there is no condemnation in Christ. So we can go to you and we can say, here it is, and trust that you'll take it. In Jesus' name, amen. I will be available if any of you want prayer. Go in peace, serve the Lord.